A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, and welcome to this podcast episode where I'm delighted to say I'm rejoined again by Gail Acaster. Gail has been on three, is it three, four previous episodes? And uh, you may recall three of those was around the uh, spirit moves me. Could it be magic? So, Gail, very warm welcome back to you. You're, you're, um, you're a bit of an old hand at this now. <laughs> <laughs> Less of the old, please, Paul. Thank you very much. <laughs> no. um, yes, thank you so much again for inviting me on, on the show. We've had some really interesting conversations over the past couple of weeks. Um, very thought-provoking. So looking forward to today's dance, as you call it. Today's dance, indeed, listeners. Today's dance. And, you know, what is a dance when all said and done if it's not some kind of relationship? And that's what Gail and I thought we'd talk about today, relationships. Now, if I can just kind of give one or two thoughts around them, these are my own thoughts, this is not a comprehensive list, but when we talk about relationships, isn't it true that there's at least, at least, maybe more, maybe less, depending on who we are and how we frame them, but there's at least four broad areas that we could talk about. One of them is general relationships, you know, with our kids, our family, our friends, whatever that might be. Um, you know, just relationships in general, work colleagues, for example. The other one is romantic relationships. And I think that one's fairly self-explanatory. Our relationship with ourselves. What's that like? And then, in my humble opinion, this is only my humble opinion, the relationship with source, the higher power. So a bit of a mixed bag in there, Gail. Any thoughts around those four areas to, uh, as we take to the dance floor, so to speak? Yes, I'm ready. I've got my dancing shoes on, Paul. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's um, some, well, um, multiple um, of topics there. And I think, I don't think there's any common denominator with them all. I think, as you say, each relationship has different merits on on different needs and and wants as a human being, I guess. Um, if we if I started with the relationship with myself, for example, you know how you treat yourself and how you look after yourself. I don't know. Is would you think, Paul, that that would be your ultimate relationship? Is the one with yourself? For me personally, no. Ah, right. For me okay. Personally, relationship with source. Right, so the higher power. The mm. higher power, because I've used this example before. Um, and thank you for asking that question, Gail, because that is a phenomenal question. And it is for me personally, but I understand, listeners, that this podcast, uh, as the host of this, it's not just about me. It's not just about Gail. It's about you, the listeners, more importantly. The dance that Gail and I are having and the dance that I, with many other guests, is all about... You know, the relationship then that can be formed with you, the listeners, and what benefit it may give you in your life. So coming back to your um, question, girl, your excellent question around, you know, relationship with self, um, I would put that as my number two. 
and a very close number two. And not that it's a kind of scientific hierarchy, because life for me isn't like that. But let me elaborate why I, I feel, and for me, know with a big capital K, that relationship with source is far, far, far way above anything and everything. And it's this. And I use a very simple example and a metaphor of a mobile phone. So a mobile phone is a very, very powerful mechanism these days. It's a communication tool. It can do many things. It's got a brain. You know, you go into the average mobile these days, it's got a calculator on it. It's got this on. I mean, what a mobile phone can do, this one I've got, for example, it does everything apart from cook the dinner. And it'll probably do that if I know how to use it properly. Um, so, but it's an amazing tool. But it will only go so far on its own power. We have to plug in externally to recharge that phone. Otherwise, it just dies, it becomes flat, and it becomes useless. And for me, that has become a very powerful metaphor for saying that if we as humans don't plug into an external source, we, we just become flat, and we run on our own self-importance. We run on our own battery which will take us so far for so long, but ultimately that battery, that internal battery is going to die as well. And that's when we're left, you know, we're left in the middle of nowhere. Does that make sense, Gail? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what was going through my mind when you were saying that is, do you know what I can probably, if I'm, so I'm going to throw a curve, but totally understand, you know, without the, the higher source, you know, the cosmos, if you like to say it that way, we wouldn't obviously, be here however I was relating to I guess that the relationship with um oneself is that if you don't know who you are and you, you don't love yourself in that sense then you kind of won't plug into that higher source but having listening to you you have kind of changed my perception on that because yes um we do have to recharge we do have to plug into the you know the outside world call it nature cosmos uh, whatever you know our listeners out there but believe in terms of energy and and that kind of thing that yes we do have to plug into the the higher power as you say so yeah yeah you actually changed my perception on that Paul. thank you um and you know from that power you know that self-love and, and i want to challenge you know to to flip into one of the angles of uh, you know what well, of self-love so you know we'll, we'll be dancing in and out probably of all four of these mm -hmm. Uh, aspects listeners as is the way on this podcast generally and certainly has been the way with what Gail and I have done in the previous uh well previous four you know it's not been unusual the way that uh, we've done we've had our dance uh as you, as you know listeners the style is very much the same you know we go all over the floor we go all over the floor we explore and you know we come back to where we started so, we'll, you know, I'm sure we'll end up doing the same, diving in and out of these four areas, probably concentrating on more on one than the other. Who knows? Let's see where it takes us. Let's be in the moment, listeners. Let's not pre-frame it. Let's not be constrained by walls and ceilings. Let's go where the music takes us, so to speak. So on, on that note, uh, Gail, going back into the, the self-love, um, and I know we've kind of flirted with this. Notice the words again, listener, dancing, flirting. These are all emotional words. And to go back to what Gail said, you know, at the top of this, this podcast dance, 
around, you know, being a mixed bag. But there's a common thread that ties them all together, and it's called emotions. Emotions isn't love, isn't relationship, isn't a relationship a kind of a level of love, irrespective of what that may be. Just, just think about that. Ultimately, everything comes back to love, doesn't it? You know, we have a different dynamic of love for, say, our partner, as we would for our kids, for ourselves, whatever. You know, there's no one size fits all to this enigmatic, beautiful, all-powerful, all-reigning thing called love. So we go on this rich, vibrant dance of, yes, it might be perceived at that level or this level or that level or whatever it is. But that feeling inside, that emotion, that for me, Gail, is the thing that is the common thread, irrespective of which particular part we'll talk about. Does that make sense? Well, I absolutely agree. I think as humans, we're all based on emotions, feelings, you know, every single day. I mean, how... Uh, if you watch a film, for example, you know, different depending on the storyline, you know, you can have different emotions and you know you can you can cry you can laugh you can you know feel a mixture of, of people on screen actors that you've never even met so you know that subject as a, as a core subject to emotions it is is a massive massive multitude of, of, of things and, and I think yes as feelings as um, humans we, we do go through if you if you sat down and actually listened and um, I suppose wrote down every single emotion you went through throughout the day, it'd probably be quite a lot. Um, especially as a woman, I think we um, we have even more. So it's it is yeah, it's a very very um, very good question. In you know in terms of your emotions and how you feel and and how you control those emotions. I mean that's a, it's another another minefield in itself Paul I think mm. um, you know it, do you I tend to just be quite free-spirited quite you know go with the, the flow if you like and you know go with the emotions of things and accept sometimes that you feel sad sometimes you feel happy sometimes you feel upset angry you know all these these kind of emotions so I think if your core being as yourself is that you're happy and contented and love yourself and the world and you know your relationships whether it's your partner whether it's your children your friends your pets you know we, we can have all these emotions and love and feelings for, for a multitude of things um yes i've kind of gone off on one there haven't i <laughs> i've kind of wandered <laughs> yeah into the whole cosmos of feelings and emotion but it is it, it is a mind um, and I think as modern day humans, I think some people core, in their core do struggle with their emotions. That's probably a whole new different subject. Mm. I suppose like everything else, it's a question of raising awareness because, you know, the fear that we have as humans is derived from not knowing that we're losing control. And there's one thing from an early age that we crave as humans, and that is control. That certainty, the first of the six human needs, that need for certainty. I will control. That's why love can be so scary is because when people's emotions, why do I feel this way about this particular person? What's going off here? And, you know, if I can be allowed to be a bit self-indulgent in the past, I've actually sabotaged 
relationships because I couldn't cope with being loved by a woman. It was too much for me. It was like, why does she believe in me the way she believes? Why does she give me all this, this, all this love, this security, this power? It's amazing, which was great. But ultimately, because of the space I was in, I couldn't handle it. I don't deserve yeah. this. This beautiful, beautiful woman, this beautiful soul is giving all this to me. Who am I? I am nothing. Because that was the conditioning that I'd been grown up, you know, to, to accept. You're nothing, boy. You'll never be loved. You'll never achieve anything. People hate you. That was, you know, what I was fed as a kid. And like we said before, Gail, if you eat 50 beef burgers every day, you're going to end up unfit. The same as if you're fed, you know, 50 bad words every day, you're going to end up emotionally unfit. So there's this whole kind of going back to the self-love, um, yeah. you know, well, what does that look like? Well, just as people give you bad words, if you, unless you've got the awareness to say, well, actually, I choose not to accept that label or that energy you've just tried to give me. That's yours. Do with it what you want, but I refuse to let that into me. And I'm protecting our own energy and our own world. But obviously, when we're, you know, struggling a bit for want of or suffering, it can be very, very difficult to talk about self-love or even be aware of self-love. You feel? Uh, absolutely. It's about, I suppose, as I've got older and wiser, as the saying, I've still got a long, long way to go yet. It's, it's about taking ownership of yourself, um, I suppose, and accepting the, the world, you know, it, it, the world around you um, I have a great example um, for my kids for example you know they've come home from school and um, so and so said something or you know sort of that, that outside world something's happened or you know something hasn't gone to plan and and they've come home and and um, or, or if they've had a situation where a friend said something and it's it's affected them and I said to them, I said, yeah, you know, process that, see how you feel, how, you know, that emotion affects you. But then you can only let that person, thing, action, you know, upset you if you allow it to. Um, and, they, you know, they've looked at me and said, ah, that's, that does make sense, mum. And that does make sense that, you know, and it's teaching that um, core ability to, to love yourself and, and not let things affect you in that sense however what you're saying Paul is absolutely true when you have you know especially in your childhood or especially when people are telling you bad things it, it's that negative self-talk it's that if you choose to believe it it can be a can be a, a you know a negative impact on yourself I too have had that as a as a child and you know most uh, a, a lot of my adult life it's only in the, the later parts that you, you choose to you know not take that on board you, you choose to listen to entrust your own judgment I think we can put trust in an emotion as well um, you know trust is a powerful thing if you trust yourself and you trust your judgment then I, I believe it, it gives you an ability to trust others as well um, and I suppose in the whole self love side if you don't love yourself how can you then love another partner love another human being uh, you know unconditionally if you don't actually love yourself in what in whatever way shape or form and there's a lot of that in the modern day world I guess 
starting point for that low gale, the starting point for that self-love. And I know we've, yet again, we've flirted with this in a previous conversation. I have a de very definite, almost contradictory view on that. And I use the example of the, the line of dominoes, the domino effect. But what helps that self-love is if you've got somebody in your world, in your life, um, to help to push that first domino over. Because that first domino, not the second, not the third, and all the dominoes will, will escalate. But that first one of somebody putting their arm around your shoulder, um, to use that example, believing you, looking you in the eye and saying, do you know what? I really, really, I see you, I feel you, I value you. Even though you're, you know, let's use the phrase down on your look at the moment or whatever it is, know that I'm with you. In whatever capacity that, that may be. That for me is not only theoretically, metaphorically, but practically has been a very, very, very powerful way of what I have now come to know as self-love. Because how can you, how can you, you know, how can you push that first domino over if you are that domino? You need that little bit. We all need that somebody. And I think there's so much emphasis placed in the spiritual world about this, you know, detachment and self-reliance. I, I, I get that. But by the fact that we are connected anyway is one thing from a sort of quantum physics perspective is one thing. But what we're talking about here is more human. It's more raw. It's more vulnerable. It's more emotional. And just as I say, to have that somebody. Um, have you ever done the the, um, the connected eye um, exercise Gail, where you actually sit down and you and somebody else, you just stare into their eyes for five minutes, ten minutes. Have you ever done that exercise? Um, probably with my daughter, we played the who can not blink challenge. <laughs> so probably not in the same um, sense, but no, I haven't actually. That would be, I have stared, obviously, um, you know, loved ones where you look them in the eye and, and you hold the eye contact, but um no I haven't I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do that um it's something simple and very basic to you know look completely into somebody's eyes you know the eyes are the windows of the soul so to say so that would you know be a really powerful experience um I can usually read people by their eyes I can usually look into somebody's eyes and see you know somebody's kind um you, you can sort of see it so i guess i'm guessing I, that would be a powerful tool for me to do um instead of it being a, a more of a fun or maybe a romantic side i have held some you know somebody's stare somebody's um gaze for, for a while i suppose um romantically so yeah that's probably something i could look look at doing and probably our listeners out there could probably that's kind of a really simple human uh, thing to do i mean what about if you did it in i've done it in the mirror i've looked at myself <laughs> which um sounds a bit funny but i've sort of looked in myself when i've done my positive affirmations and and spoke you know kind things to myself um looking in the mirror so does that count or are you more meaning, you know, actual physical human? Uh, the latter. I mean, that's powerful as well. I mean, 
I know that's a kind of the first one you mentioned there is very much uh, out of the Louise Hay school, um, and, and and you know for me Louise Hay is is phenomenal. And, yes. uh, but the latter, I mean, the, the whole rationale behind it, listeners, really is, and, and it doesn't have to be anybody that you know. In fact, it probably works better when it's a stranger. Wow. But just to sit there and, as I say, five minutes, I mean, obviously there's the natural blinking in there, but it's not about that. Mm-hmm. But you are totally in the presence. I mean, I'm not going to kind of pre-frame this. It's actually a very, can be, uh, quite a scary place to be, but in a massively empowering way. I don't mean that in any, you know, what's going through his mind or her mind or anything. It's not your job. Your job I is suppose, to be present. I suppose when cutting there, but I suppose it would make you feel vulnerable. Absolutely. I suppose it would make you feel very um, aware of yourself, for example. It would make you, you know, a little bit I suppose self-conscious there's not a lot of people that would probably could do that um it's probably the minority that um would be comfortable um doing that so that is quite a powerful thing Um, I'm definitely going to do that and feed back to you the uh and the whole idea is actually the most most um respectful and loving one you're not comfortable with it it's not about being comfortable it's exactly around what you've alluded to it's about being you know vulnerable because somebody's staring you in the eyes and they're in i don't know close proximity that you've got no place to hide no and you know you usually the first sort of 30 seconds a minute there'll be that kind of nervous smile and then when you realise that that person, it's almost like a mirror and it's like, no, I'm going nowhere, girl. I'm going nowhere. And it's like, well, this is making me feel a bit uncomfortable. Good. Mm. It's making me feel vulnerable. Good. And it's not unusual for tears to flow from irrespective of whether it's male or female. That's irrelevant. Not, but the, the, the healing that goes with this and what it brings up is very, very, very powerful. So I slightly challenge, Gail, the, you know, not many people would do it because of the vulnerability. It makes everybody vulnerable. No matter how many times you've done it, with whom and in what context, there's always something new with a new dance partner that's, you know, that comes to the fore always. Because it's like looking in, literally looking in that mirror. When you look into somebody's eyes like that, what they're really saying is you've got nowhere to hide because I'm not shifting my focus from you. Mm. And then, of course, the ego, what's he thinking? What's she thinking? Mm. I mean, it goes all over the place. Mm. Anyway, just, I just kind of share that on, on the thread of, uh, of self-love. Yeah, definitely. Although listeners, probably ask permission if, you, if you're going to do it out there. Make sure it's with a willing um, participant, otherwise you might look a bit odd <laughs> staring at people in the, the street, might you? So I'm just making fun there, being a bit jovial. But but yeah, it is. It's a very powerful tool that I shall definitely um, partake in that. Mm. So, source love, self-love, general love we've kind of, um, we've spoke around with, you know, as you, you pets and, uh, you know, family, friends. What about this? Is, is there a scale, do you feel, 
Gail, of vulnerability, because the one we haven't touched upon yet is romantic love. You know, you hear people say, he broke my heart, she broke my heart, blah, blah, blah. But you never hear that. Well, you no, it's not strictly true to say you never hear it in other contexts. You hear it less in other contexts, like particularly say we've lost a loved one. Oh, it's broke my heart. But generally, that kind of phrase and that power and that, and if we could use the right, the, the, the same word again, if it's the right word, vulnerability, usually, we have to be careful with generalizations here, is attributed to that more romantic love. Do you, th do you think that's right? Yeah, I mean, I think with um, your partner, loved ones, I think you tend to be more vulnerable. Um, I think you tend to, you know, well, yes and no, because some people don't open up as much as they, they could do in relationships. And therefore, I think you have to just lay your heart on your sleeve. I, I kind of work that way. It's kind of all or nothing um, scenario. So, you know, in, in terms of loved ones. So I think if they do break your heart or things don't work out, then it's not necessarily something that you should blame yourself for. You know, if you're open, honest, vulnerable, give your all, you know, if, if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, or, you know, unfortunately relationships, sometimes um, the other person, you know, abuses that trust or abuses that um, vulnerability, then it's kind of you've got to sort of think to yourself well okay that's you know that's how that was that's how they portrayed you know that's and and then kind of move on in in a way um i think you can embrace every good and bad thing in you know in a, in any relationship um it's it's there again it's how it goes back to the self love it's how you love yourself um i, I kind of if that answers their question or not <laughs> i'm not sure it has there's a base, isn't there, irrespective of what angle or strand of love we're talking about, there's a base. And for me, that base is source, that reliable, dependable, knowing that's it. And then the next level up is, it's almost like a triangle. I love to conceptualize, love to create mind models, listeners. And, and what we do, the reason we do that as humans is it gives us certainty, it gives us an element of control. So we create this image, this story in our mind that gives us certainty because that's what we, you know, so first of the six human needs, the need for certainty. Where is my base in life? And that's what creating a mind model, a concept does. So the concept of this relationship for me is you can, you, it, it all depends which way you do it. So you've got the base. If you can imagine a triangle and you chop it into four. So at the bottom, you've got the general. At the top, you've got source. So let's work, work from the bottom. General love, pets, family, friends, etc. The next level up is romantic. The next level up is self. But the ultimate love, surely at the top, is that S that says source. And I think as long as you keep focused, and I said keep focused, that makes it sound like a mental exercise, but being aware of that is the ultimate love with source. 
The rest is kind of, and I'm not trivializing this in any way, shape or form. I certainly hope listeners it's not coming across as being insensitive, particularly if somebody's just lost a loved one or, or broke up with a, a, you know, a loved one or what have you. But knowing that that real, real power is within our source, because relationships come and go in all dynamics for whatever reason. Any, any thoughts around that, Gail? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's so profound in, in your rights. Um, I kind of uh, agree with that in, in, in some senses, you know, we, we come into this plane of existence alone in, in theory, you know, our families, um, our parents and siblings are chosen for us, it, it, you know, to, to, to learn and whatever experience. And then you obviously, you, you, as you grow and you, you develop as a person, you, you choose your relationships and who's in your life, etc. But ultimately, you, you know, you do come into this world alone and, and you leave this plane of existence alone. So I guess to have that higher power support and, you know, and different people have different beliefs on what that um, source, you know, involves it, if, if you like, you know, different cultures, religions and, and everything else. I think you're right in that if we have this, um, like a wraparound, this helping hand, the, the, to know that there's something else out there is very comforting to us human beings and and very you know so yes I, I agree with you on that sense that it can be it it should be the top and the ultimate um and then obviously that transpires on onto oneself is that um you know you are the most important um you know you are the most um it, it's your your life your navigational you know thing that you that you're experiencing and everything else is along the way along the journey to whatever this leads to and, and we we don't know do we because nobody's ever come back one final question gail as ever um you know like you say you are i'm not going to use the term listeners because i've opened the uh, back of my legs slapped by gail early on when i said and i'm not going to say it again that uh, you know, she's an old hand. No, I'm not going to say she was an old hand. I'm not. I know, I've, I told you yeah. off. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I've just said that. But um, so you, what I'm trying to say, Gail, is obviously you know the format, you know, the one big question at the end. But let's park that for a moment, though. I invite you in to share your contact details. Oh, lovely. Thank you, Paul. Um, yes, you can get me on all social media forums. Just type in um, Gail Acaster. I'll come up on... Google for um, website www.galacaster.co.uk um, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube as well. So yes, it's pretty easy to find me. So thanks for that, Paul. My pleasure. So finally, then, Gail, the you know the big question around the general theme of relationships in in all its myriad of weird and wonderful forms, whatever they may be. Leave us just with one. One nugget, girl, one insight, one share, quite what you will around relationships that our listeners can take away. Okay. I think mine, mine personally and would be be happy is happiness. Um, you know, be happy with yourself. And if you're in relationships, whatever shape or form, and you know, you're not happy or somebody else is making you unhappy, then sit back and, you know, look at that. And, you know, ultimately, um, 
we we get one one chance at this there's no dress rehearsal for this life and I think if you find yourself listeners in in an unhappy situation environment um what whatever you know look at steps to to change that and and find out as a person what makes you happy um personally you know my um happiness doesn't totally revolve around myself it, you know my family and friends and people that I love make me happy and you know if there wasn't anything that that did or there was any unhappiness there it's having the strength and confidence to, to change that so yes happy I'm going to leave the, the show today Paul happy leaving on a happy note listeners and it doesn't happiness. happier than that um <laughs> And uh, you, you may recall, listeners, you may recall that, I mean, on that happy note that Gail and I did, on, on two occasions, in fact, it might have even been three, we did say we'd do a duet. So, Gail, you know that old saying, you can run, but you can't hide? <laughs> I, I, right can't. <laughs> <laughs> right I can't sing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway, not wishing to embarrass anyone, listeners, but uh, maybe another time, another place. But uh, it, we was going to sing Smile, if you remember. But, uh, mm, yeah, yes, I, I, can, I can hum, but I can, um, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure the listeners are ready. And we did say we'd leave on a happy note, so. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, all that remains to be said now, then, listeners, is remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>